Well, that's cool. Right? Hey there, quarantiners. Welcome to Well, That's Cool, a podcast about things and people I, Ben Fast, find interesting. To my regular listeners, and I'm happily surprised to know there are a handful of you already, apologies for the month-long absence from your feeds. What can I say? It's my first global pandemic too, after all. As a quick update, things are going well for me. I'm still happy and healthy here in Edmonton. I'm very fortunate to still have work, to have some nice weather, to enjoy riding my bike, and to have plenty of people to connect with on these interwebs. I think I'm heading into my ninth week of isolation, and it's been a bit strange the last week or so because suddenly here in Alberta we're talking about reopening things and trying to get the world spinning again. It's been surprisingly uh, difficult, almost, to consider returning to old ways of life, and I know nothing will happen quickly, but I've gotten strangely used to this sheltered, insular, distant life. It seems any change, even one we've hoped for for a while and that we hope is a good change, brings about some adjustments and can make your head spin. I know that timelines and circumstances may be different where you're listening, but I hope that you can navigate this new disruption easily, that it brings you joy and continued safety, but also that you know it's okay to go slow or get help where you need it. But for now, on with the show. On this episode, I'm going back to a recording I did in the first couple weeks of isolation. I called up my friend Jenny Ng. Okay, Jenny Ng, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me to talk with her about life as a touring musician. Jenny is an old bandmate and friend from my high school days. We only had one year together in the same school, but we did spend a few years together in Victoria's famous summer band program and got to play music around town a few times at least. Summer band was a personal favorite of mine, a program led by some of the area's greatest school music teachers that allowed kids to try new instruments and challenged young musicians to learn charts and perform them in just two weeks. The program wrapped up about a decade ago now, and sadly we've lost some of those teachers over the years since, but I'd say their legacy lives on in alumni like Jenny. I wanted to give her a call to see what life was like working with one of the legends of the music industry, Engelbert Humperdinck. And yes, the 84-year-old is a legend, with more than 140 million records sold worldwide and almost 60 years on the road touring around the world as well as to see how a globetrotting musician keeps busy when suddenly grounded by a globetrotting pandemic. Here's our chat. So we are old high school friends and friends even just a bit before that as well. Um, and I know that mm -hmm. since high school, you have been on the up and up into the music industry, um, heading through the States and around the world playing uh, actually a couple different instruments. But I am curious about what and sort of who you are playing with and where you're going nowadays. So do you want to tell me a little bit about what um, what you've been up to in the last couple of years? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we have that history of being in summer band together way back when, and I, I do feel very privileged to be one of those people from uh, from high school that got to continue doing music as a career. Uh, so my adventures have taken me to Los Angeles. I've been here for almost eight years now, and I started doing jazz gigs, you know, restaurant gigs, that kind of thing. Um, my first tour was with Ron White um, and Margot Ray, and so Margot Ray is his wife, and we would be his opening band for his tour, and it was mostly in the southern states of the U.S., 
And then most recently, I've started touring. I'm about two years into it uh, with legendary uh, singer Engelbert Humperdinck. Now, I, I have to ask about that because um, I never listened to Engelbert Humperdinck as a kid. Did you ever listen to him as a kid? Like, how did you get involved in, in his road band? Well, interestingly enough, it's funny. You tell people that he's your boss and the first instinct is usually, oh, my gosh, he's still alive or, oh, my gosh, he's still touring. Um, I mean, this man has been on the road for 54 years. Uh, he's his career is is it's an amazingly long uh, field of work in the inter- entertainment industry. Um, I didn't necessarily listen to him growing up myself. My parents were really into 70s music and 80s music, um, and then my mom's a classical trumpet player, so there's a lot of classical music in my house. But my grandparents all listened to Engelbert. Um, my, yeah, yeah. My Chinese grandfather, mostly in Vancouver, I have old memories of him singing the last waltz while he was cooking eggs in the kitchen at breakfast. So I do have a very personal connection with his music as well. Cool. And how did you, uh, how does that work to get, get a, a gig like that? Do you, did he hear about you? Did you apply for it? Do you have an audition? How's that work? Well, the more I spend time in the city, as much as everyone says, it's all about who you know, it really truly is all about who you know. Um, I was lucky enough, my ex-husband's, one of his best friends, was looking for a sub for that gig uh, for three dates on the East Coast um, because the current keyboardist had to go out for eye surgery. And so I auditioned with a couple other people. Um, they sent me charts and a recording, a live recording. Um, and then I performed those for the audition and then I, I won the sub chair. So that's how I initially got the gig. And then just because the industry moved this way, I was offered to stay on after that and I accepted it and I've been doing it ever since. And you've, uh, I understand you've moved up from just doing keys to also doing a couple other things. What else are you doing in the band? So I originally had the synth horn parts. I'm playing all trumpet and trombone, French horn, flute lines on a synthesizer. Um, but then we were offered solos in the show. And I, I'm a saxophone player. I have a saxophone degree from Uvic. And it just kind of killed my heart to be playing a synth horn solo on a keyboard when I'm a saxophone player. Um, and so I, I asked management very nicely if that would be an option and they jumped on it right away. I talked to Engelbert. Engelbert actually learned saxophone when he was 10 years old. So it's actually his first instrument. So he was so happy to have me playing that on stage. Um, so that was a big win for me. And so now are you doing both or is it just saxophone? How does that sort of work? You just do it for the solos? Yeah, it's both. Uh, there's a couple songs that I also get to play saxophone lines on. Um, he originally, I mean, gosh, originally in the 70s, he had it. He had big bands, he had Vegas bands. Um, but even recently, within 10 years, he's had saxophone and trumpet players. But due to the industry just kind of getting, uh, like, making bands smaller and smaller, um, he cut the 
bitten saxophone players that were live in the show a few years back. I don't remember how many. Um, so he was really happy to bring that live instrument back again. And you've uh, you've gone to some very interesting places with him. You want to tell me sort of some of the cool highlights? Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel so lucky to have this, um, not only this relationship with this entertainer who has this amazing history um, in the industry, but someone who takes care of their band in the same way that they did in the 70s, which is becoming really, really rare. Um, I know that Ariana's band is not taken care of like we're taken care of. So it's a very a, a huge blessing that this has come to me in my life. Um, but some of the best places, well, not best, but most memorable places we've been in the last two years, Tahiti, <laughs> that's, oh, wow. that's high on the list. Um, we were even lucky enough to have a couple days off there. Um, I got certified to scuba dive, which is the most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the, like, the food there was incredible. And, oh, man, we got to go to a dolphin sanctuary and see sea turtles and swim with uh, little sharks and stingrays. So that was super incredible. Um, uh, we also did New Zealand and Australia. I'd never been there ever. And it's funny how much New Zealand reminded me of Victoria, something about them being parallel and the vegetation looking similar. It was lovely. Um, Japan, Tokyo. I love Tokyo. I've been there for work before and it's such a cool, cool place. Um, and I mean, we've also done some really interesting places in Asia, like, well, in Malaysia, uh, Eng and I went watch shopping in Kuala Lumpur to find a fake Rolex for my dad, which was really fun. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, lots of memories along the way, lots of really cool places that I wouldn't necessarily go to all in my own on my own in a small amount of time. Right, yeah. So it's a long ways from playing in a wedding band with me in grade eleven to touring the world with <laughs> Engelbert Hungerberg, right? You know what? Isn't it? Isn't um. The playing to me, it's playing music is, is the same. Like it's our gift. It's something we get to share with the world. So whether it's in, uh, in Malaysia for 5,000 people or at a wedding, um, I don't know. Sometimes it's received the same, like you're spreading love, you're spreading joy. And so that part's the same and good. That's right. In 50 years, my musical claim to fame will be having played a friend's wedding with Jenny and my friends too. Stu and I had matching purple ties and spent our time fumbling around some jazz standards while Jenny did her best to make us sound good. You can see our wedding band in the episode notes on my website, benfast.ca slash cool. As I said to Jenny, I've never really listened to Engelbert before, so I decided to look into the singer's background. If you're questioning just how popular or important he has been to the pop music industry, consider this. His 1967 version of Release Me was a top 10 hit on both sides of the Atlantic and reached number one in the UK. It kept a peculiar double A-side single from reaching the top of the charts in that country. You may have heard that single combo, Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane, by a little-known band called The Beatles. Read the Wikipedia page. It is 60 years of amazing. Or visit Engelbert's website at engelbert.com. Back to more with Jenny Ng in a second. But first. 
it's time for another edition of the Curious Quarantine Club. And this one is a bit different. Hi, Ben. It's Michelle. Um, I really like your idea of this project for a podcast, so I thought I'd contribute. Um, during this quarantine, uh, it hasn't changed my life dramatically in the sense that um, I just had my baby two weeks ago, just over two weeks ago. So I've kind of already been quarantined in the sense that I'm just busy taking care of him. But now we're really staying home. So yeah, I guess I'm busy feeding him, changing him, um, trying to nap when I can. <laughs> My mom arrived the first day of the quarantine. So that's been amazing because now I have help with our two and a half year old. So yeah, we're just at home um, cooking, sleeping um, doing little art projects with our two and a half year old daughter and going for lots of walks to try to not go stir crazy in the house. And yeah, that's about it. What an interesting time for that little baby to be born. I'm wishing all the best to my friend Michelle, to her family, and to all those other friends who have had babies in the last eight weeks or who are giving birth soon. I don't know if having babies really counts as a new hobby during the time of coronavirus, or if anyone is still picking up new hobbies or not. Either way, I want to hear what you're doing to get through the coronavirus isolation. What curious things are keeping you interested in learning, being active, or experimenting? If you want to join the Curious Quarantine Club, send a short audio message about something cool to wellthatscoolpod at gmail.com. But for now, back to my conversation with my friend, Jenny Ng. So uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording today that um, that obviously we're both staying inside in our own houses. Um, oh yeah. You are doing you're doing a little bit of uh, of creative work while you are at home, um, doing some videos and some music sort of composition stuff that you're you're sharing out on social media. Can you tell me about why you do that? And I don't think it's really anything new for you, but but sort of how has that shaped your time alone in the first week or two um, of isolation? Yeah, so there's this app, and it's called the Acapella app, and it gives you a count off, and it lets you overdub yourself for a minute at a time for free um, with up to six voices. If Karen Carpenter knew that this was a thing, it was going to be a thing, man, because um, they're so famous for overdubbing their harmonies, the Carpenters, um, mm. but they, they had to do that with tapes way back when. So the fact that this is at our fingertips now, I think is so cool. So I've been taking full advantage of this time, all of this time I've had on my own. Um, and I've just been, you know, making up basically one minute at a time, four part to six part vocal arrangements, fun little songs that I like. I'm trying to branch out. I've, I've sent my sister a couple cause you can actually collaborate on this app as well. Mm. So hopefully I will be doing um, quarantine duets and trios coming up as well. <laughs> Pretty cool. So is that um, is that sort of uh, scratching the itch, as it were, or, or how much do you want to get back out on the road? Oh my gosh, I would like to be back out on the road. Um, right now, they've pushed things to July, um, right. promising that we will be reinstating our European tour in October and November. If that's true, I, I can wait. I mean, I'm not a very patient person. That's a virtue that I would really like to work on. <laughs> um, so I'm, I am ready. And that's actually another reason we were talking about earlier, why I haven't run home to my family in Canada yet, because I just don't know when touring is going to, to start back up again. But I'm ready for the second that it does. He has such loyal fans over these 54 years that I miss them. 
because there are a whole bunch of fans that are in the front row almost every show that we do in the U.S. and sometimes around the world too. So um, I can't wait to see them again. I'm ready. Well, what's the next song that you're going to do on the uh, on the acapella app? What's your next uh, big idea? Ooh, um, I have two arrangements that I have written previously. One is, I guess that's why they call it The Blues by Elton John, and the other is Fantasy by Earth, Wind & Fire that I've written for vocal jazz. So I think I'm going to choose excerpts of my arrangements from those and do those next. Nice. Well, we look forward to seeing those on social media and thank you for sharing one that I can throw up on the podcast site as well. Um, I hope you do get back on the road uh, soon and until then that you enjoy some time creating music on your own. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for asking these questions and uh, hope you stay well in Alberta. No need to talk it out. We know what it's all about. Hang it My thanks to Jenny Ng for sharing some time with me and telling me about her musical adventures. If you want to see Jenny's recording of The Carpenter's Rainy Days and Mondays using the Acapella app, visit my website at benfast.ca cool. If you're an Engelbert fan, you know to check engelbert.com to get the latest updates, and I hope you get to see him taking the stage around the world someday soon. Thanks also to Ron Yamauchi for the theme tune, and to Anna Schroeder of another Design for the Cool podcast logo. Check out her work at annatherdesign.com. Other music heard during this episode and all the other podcast stuff is done by me, Ben Fast. If you want to join my Curious Quarantine Club, send a short audio message about what you're doing or what you're curious about in isolation to wellthatscoolpod at gmail.com. While you're there, suggest something for me to look into for the podcast. You can find the show on Twitter at well underscore that's cool or on Facebook at wellthatscoolpod. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And one final thing before I go. I want to give a special hello to Marta Harsema, who reached out after hearing my last episode, where I interviewed my grandma about life in the Netherlands during the Second World War. Martha sent me an email saying she was born in the house my grandma talked about, and the one that I visited in 2011. Her father was my grandma's cousin, which makes Martha my first cousin once removed. Thanks for listening and getting in touch, Marta. Who says you can't meet new people in quarantine? Until next time, thanks for listening, and have fun being curious, staying safe, and washing your hands. Mm-hmm.